Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. I am normally your host, Connor McCabe, but today we have a very special treat for you, so I will not even be on this episode at all other than this intro that you are hearing right now. You also might be asking, what is a Call Me By Your Game co-op episode that I'm about to listen to here. It's in the title. What the heck is that? Well, these are our exclusive monthly deep dive episodes where I sit down with a group of people instead of just the one that I normally do for your weekly version of this show, and we discuss a meaningful game to a group of us. Half the time, it just ends up being the game that I have played most recently and am fresh on the mind to discuss, but today we have something extra special for you being released in its entirety, is our Elden Ring episode, hosted by producer of the show, Jeremy Schmidt. So first of all, thank you, Jeremy, for hosting and taking a little bit off my plate this month, but we are really excited to bring this to you. Uh, We are joined by Jacques Maladou and Alec Robbins, who are actually essentially making their follow-up discussion to a video games, a comedy show uh, chat right when this game first came out. Uh, But again, this is releasing in its entirety on the feed. Normally, they're exclusive to our Patreon. So if you like what you hear on this episode and you want to hear more of it or support us and just see what we have going on there, because truly, it's a ton of great stuff like this, check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That's NPC like a non-player character. Again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio. This item that you're hearing would normally be featured on the $10 DJ Toad tier, which is our, our big tier where we feature the majority of our content, but there's other stuff for you on there. If you would just like to support uh, even at $5 at the Mailroom Toad tier. Um, again, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we will see you on the next one. Welcome, all ye tarnished, to a legendary episode of Call Me By Your Game Co-op. That's right. You are listening to a co-op episode of Call Me By Your Game at the $10 tier here on patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Or you might be listening to this for free. That's right. I feel I feel a little, uh, what's the word, generous this week. I feel like I want to just give this one out. Um, it has nothing to do with the fact that the word Elden Ring gets tons of hits <laughs> on no, everything that right now. Be part of it, yeah. it, have, it has nothing to do with the fact that I will, will easily triple our listenership <laughs> by putting this out for free. Um, as you might have uh, surmised, I'm not Connor McCabe, unfortunately. Um, I know, boo, we miss Connor. Connor's the best. He knows, he really knows what he's doing. Um, I'm Jeremy Schmidt. I'm the producer of Call Me By Your Game. And Connor is out. He's at a wedding this week. And uh, he really wanted an episode on Elden Ring for his Call Me By Your Game co-op series. 
but he didn't want to play the game. Uh, it's not his thing. <laughs> so he thought it'd be fun if maybe I stepped in and, and did an episode. And I also wanted to do a follow-up Elden Ring episode that was full of spoilers and just us really getting into it. Uh, but I didn't want to put that out on um, Video Games a Comedy Show because so many people haven't played. You know, I don't want to like just wreck the game. I wanted this to be an optional episode. Like You don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. Uh, that being said, I am Jeremy Schmidt. I will be hosting this episode today. I have two uh, wonderful uh, guests here to help me through it. We have, uh, of course, Alec Robbins, the Black Blade here. Uh, uh, Alec, uh, who are you, buddy? Tell, tell, the, tell, tell the audience, who are you and, and how dare you? Who am I? Who am I? Uh, my name is Alec. <laughs> I am, I, I, you might know me from a comic I drew called Mr. Boop. Um, so I guess these days I would say I'm a, I'm a online comic artist. But also I do comedy stuff. I play video games. I work in video games. I used to work in TV. I got the whole package going. I'm kind of the, mm-hmm. I'm kind of the, the, the cool guy. That's how I would describe You myself. are the whole package, yeah. buddy. Thank you so much yeah. for saying that. Yeah. You are what I you're kind of like the uh the Adam. A D A M. Like Adam. Adam in uh like Adam and Eve. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The ultimate male I'm the paragon yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we were all sort of branched out from. Right. And yeah. I love apples. Not unlike a tree. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um we also have a well, a, a guest here suffering dearly from scarlet rot, uh, Jacques Maladou. Uh, how are you doing, pal? I know that you recently were in fl- tested positive for scarlet rot. Yeah, <laughs> um, I uh, I tested positive on Tuesday. Um, but a lot of people talk about scarlet rot, and I know a lot of people have suffered from it, but I've been really lucky in that my symptoms have been very mild, and it's been pretty chill and... Five or so <laughs> days later, I feel totally fine. And were you? Um, did you get the Scarlet Rod vaccine by any chance? Yeah, I was. I and I got uh, Scarlet Rod vaccine boosted. Oh, wow! Um, afterwards, um, the Michaela vaccine. <laughs> um, yeah, you got the Michaela. You didn't get the Radon. Yeah, yeah. No, the, Radon, the Radon's bad. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Radon and Radon. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get that one. Uh, no, I'm feeling good. I. Uh, yeah, I feel good. I'm kind of like I see myself because like Alex is Alex. I keep saying Alex. People I, don't understand the yeah. name Alec. It is scary to everybody. <laughs> no, if, no, no. It's not that. It's that I'm trying to say Alec apostrophe s. No, I, and then I, I say that and it's so wrong. It's the, it's the, pos- the making it possessive trips people up every time. They, yeah, they, yeah. They're like, I'm going to Alex's house. Shit. And they, I'm they going like, to Alex's Baldwin's <laughs> house. <laughs> I think part of it is if, if you have a friend named Alec, you're trying not to call them Alex because you're sure they right. get called Alex all the time. And then when you sure, say right. Alex, your brain goes like, oh, I fucked up. But you didn't. You're good. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So as you could probably tell from that, I'm kind of like the loser guy. I'm not the cool guy. Gotcha, I'm kind of gotcha. just like, I have my hands in my pockets right now and I'm like a little <laughs> insecure. Um, I liked, yeah. I like jokes, but I, I don't know if they're funny. Um, uh, you know, any jokes are funny. Yeah. I don't know if any, okay. yeah, <laughs> any jokes period. I like, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out this episode. That'd be cool. Well, let me, I mean, you do, but uh, you know, you do so many, so much cool stuff. You're a, you're, you're a writer, a television writer. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Don't sound I mean, so sad you, you just, about it. You just you just you just got a uh, Steam Deck. You just got a Steam Deck. Uh, and those are is, co- those are two cool things that you could put on a resume. Yeah, listen, you man, are, you're not the loser. <laughs> I guys, think this means Jeremy. Sorry, but we might have to reshift things around here. <laughs> I I think I'm actually might be the loser. Yeah, I'm not giving up the cool guy title. I'm sorry. I don't I don't write for TV. I don't have a Steam Deck. Um, yeah, but, but you I, can fix PS Vitas, right? You can. Oh, fi- I can. I can. That might have been a pre-podcast combo, so that callback doesn't quite hit. But it doesn't hit. Yeah. I I can fix your PS Vita. I can fix your PS. I can pretty much hack whatever you want. You know, I'm kind of a cyberpunk <laughs> guy. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, so you must have loved that game. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I kind of loved that game. Mm. Um, yes. We should do a Call Me By Your Game co-op on Cyberpunk 2077, for sure. Like, like they sh- like Connor should do it, or I should do it. Somebody should do it. Like, yeah, you guys should do it. You guys should we definitely don't, uh, do you, it. We don't you guys only do have it. to do yeah. good <laughs> games. We don't only have to do good games. Sometimes you can do real big bad games, Do you want to know too. what, though? I, I didn't finish it. I played, like, a couple hours of it before my PS4 would not stop crashing. Um, and I wish it hadn't crashed, because I thought that game was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to it now that it's like fixed. Maybe now that I have a PS Five, I'm I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, also, mm-hmm. maybe all right. So maybe we all like you know, we build yeah. up our courage. We go back and play yeah. Cyberpunk. It kind, yeah. Maybe it's like one of those situations where you know when you're younger and you're like, okay, if me and you aren't married by the time we're forty, yes. like we'll do that with Cyberpunk. Okay, like, all right. If neither of us have beaten it by the time we're forty. Yeah, we'll play it. People don't usually do those packs when there's only like eight more years until they're forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're trying to. You really don't want to marry that person. Like, yeah, you're trying to push it out as long as. Yeah, like possible. we're thirty nine. It's like Jeremy. If neither of us are married next year. <laughs> yeah, have next year we'll get married. Have yeah. you guys seen my best friend's wedding with Julia Roberts? Oh yeah, you mean with it's, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I don't think so. Oh wait, no. no, no. Okay, never mind. Never mind. You're thinking it's, of just married. I'm thinking of. With Brittany Murphy, I, whatever it is, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any uh, of these movies. It's great. It's like a, it's a, it's a great rom com. But uh, the beginning is like if her Julia Roberts and a friend are like, if neither of us are married by twenty seven, we'll marry each other. Like that's the premise, and you're like, oh god, yeah, yeah. wow. She's it's, probably like thirty four at the time. Is twenty seven the the dying musician age? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Twenty seven is when. Kurt Cobain passed away. Godfrey passed away. (laughs) Um, Janis Joplin. Uh, Anyway, Godric the Grafted. Yeah, yeah, Godric the Grafted. We're here to talk about uh, the video game Elden Ring, um, published by Bandai Namco in the year of 2022. Year of Our Lord 2022. This is a FromSoft game. Um, I feel like if you're listening to this episode... A lot of the preamble you probably don't need for like kind of what this game is, um, but just to kind of just to kind of review, uh, we got uh, FromSoft made this game under the helm of Miyazaki, and uh, in, in partnership with George R. R. Martin. Um, I uh, hesitate to bring up too much George R. R. Martin, but I will say that after playing this game, and I mean playing this game, I thoroughly, I took this game out back <laughs> and flogged it. Um, I will say that there is an incredible amount of George R. R. Martin stuff in here. Yeah. I, I, I think. Um, 
So we'll get into all that, but uh, I guess I just kind of want to start out with like, you know, uh, instead of um, what's your history with FromSoft games, because we've, we've talked about that before. Oh, I should also mention this is a, this is kind of a sequel episode to our, our Elden Ring uh, first impressions episode that we did on Video Games and Comedy Show. You're more than welcome to go back in March uh, to an episode in March and, and listen to that. Uh, but you can hear like us as babies, you know, me, Jacques, Alec, and Nick Limon, who uh, unfortunately passed away before Nick, this episode came out. Rip. Uh, sorry, Ripstone for Nick. Um, was that game he, like, uh, or was that episode like right after? It was like two days after the game came out. It felt like yeah, yeah it was crazy. So we'd, yeah. we'd only played it like twenty five hours each or yeah, so. I right. think forty eight for me. Two two days after, yeah, I got yeah, forty eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can. You can go back to that episode and listen to us just... Um, I think it's really good because it's just... We're so hot on the game and like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and we're guessing at so many fun ideas that the game is presenting. And um, at this point, we pretty much know everything, but there's not a... There, you know, there is still some so much stuff that we don't know and we'll never know probably. And um, <laughs> uh, it, keeps, it keeps that whole thing interesting. But I would in- encourage you to go back and listen to that if you want to hear our first impressions. Uh, we talk about our builds and where we're at, like, you know, a mere 12 hours in or whatever. And if you want to hear me very confidently say, I already understand the whole plot and then lose it. <laughs> yeah, that was a highlight. <laughs> I, think you, I think you say something like, I think I know where it's going. Right, okay. Which, okay. which, is, which is way, way less, uh, this is, which is way less satisfying than I think I know the whole plot. Like, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think instead of our history with FromSoft games, I want to, I want to hear, uh, as of this recording, how many hours has each of us put into Elden Ring? Um, Jacques, let's start with you. I think I'm around 140. Okay. Something like that. 140. Mm -hmm. Um, baby shit. Yeah, and and you have at this point beaten the game and beaten. You said you beat at least all of the um, uh, trophy bosses. Yeah, I beat all the trophy bosses because it was kind of hard. Like I think I played the game pretty thoroughly in terms of like scoping it out. I'm sure I missed a ton, but Mm -hmm. the one thing I made sure was that I had fought all of the trophy bosses, just because that was the one thing I could actually like confirm. Um, And there was one I'd missed. I'd actually missed a little area. Um, which, oh. is, which is kind of interesting to see. Which guy? Um, which guy? Which guy did you miss, man? Come on, tell us. I actually, yeah. this is. I feel, I'm kind of worried this is going to be a theme for me, but uh, I don't remember. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Wait, hey, where is the area on the map? There's I could only tell you. 70 bosses in that game. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's like kind of north uh, east of Lyernia. There's like a towery area. Oh, actually, oh. no. That's. I'm sorry. That's where I got the last flask that I had. The Come last like, sacred Carrier Manor. No, I mean that's. I, I will say, Carry and Manor. If I could just say one second, I, I will. I will get into stuff. But I had gotten there. So uh, my partner Juan was playing the game at the same time. Also, if you buy one digital copy of a game, you can play it on multiple PS5s at the same time. Um, but uh, we, we would sit in separate rooms at our apartment and play <laughs> at the same time, which was like so great. But um, I was he was ahead of me, and I'm playing Carry and Manor, and I was like, you know, I really expected it to be like a bigger area. There wasn't much to it. And him yeah. just being like, oh, maybe look around. Like, you know, maybe like, maybe you should search a little more. Maybe there's like a wall. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you might be talking about Volcano Manor. Yeah. Oh, I am yeah, talking about Volcano Manor. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Because Volcano Manor is like a place where you could probably accidentally not. Yeah, I'm sorry. Volcano Manor um, is a 
is one of the funniest hidden things I've ever seen in a game. Like an entire level hidden behind a wall that I would say 90% of players will miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that I did. Uh, <laughs> which is which is crazy because it's it might be my favorite part of the game. It was great. And I it's only so found fun. it because a player left a message in front of the wall. Mm. I didn't solve it the right way. And in fact, when I when I when I got through, I was like, how the fuck would I have yeah. been intended to find this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, oh, I, I turned off the messages. It was a bold call for me this time around. Mm. But I didn't wow. want to. Be, I felt like it was kept taking me out of the world. And... Oh, you don't like the finger butthole jokes? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Specifically that. Uh, <laughs> but it was like uh, it's weird because I think you miss out not doing it because it's such a part of the experience. But you also, I think, miss out having them. So it's everything's valid. There's no wrong way to play this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I straight up uh, just look stuff up. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, constantly yeah. And just, yeah. I, I, I found rune farms that were broken. I did everything mm-hmm. I could to mitigate the difficulty. But, oh, what was your, um, if you can remember, what was your loadout upon finishing? Um, so I used the um, Azure Glintstones. I was a sorcerer. I started out okay. prisoner and just went full on sorcerer. Yeah. Um, Did you ever have to respec? Oh yeah. I, oh. I also before I finished, I had fun like respecking to different builds and just going around fucking shit up with like swords, which I didn't get to use the whole game, uh, mm-hmm. or like faith, just like going and doing all the faith spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fun. Cool. Um, but I did. Uh, I was an Azure. I think it was Azure Glintstone staff. The one that takes up some of your magic but makes it go a lot f- faster is okay. the what that was the effect of that staff. I had that maxed cool. out, and it was basically that. And I would do what was your drip like? Yeah, that's uh, the important uh, question. Yeah, that's a yeah. I, I did know what you look like. I did the the wolf head. What's his name? That was oh, like Blythe. 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 Yeah, I did him. I did. Uh, Oh, and I would do Radon's armor. Nice. That was oh. I did the wolf. I just like, I, I felt like I was like a kid being like, I want to look fucking badass. Yeah. Like I feel like you can look like silly and you can look like suspicious, but I was like, I want to be fucking badass. Yeah. It was awesome. I looked great. That's great. Yeah. And so, so you must have had a pretty big, a lot of strength too, like to wear all that armor. I don't think it was. I think maybe Endur- I wore. No endurance would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just endurance. endurance. Sorry. Yeah. I think. Sorry, endurance. I think. Because I think my strength was like twelve or something. It was like Sorry, truly. I meant, I meant endurance. No, no, yeah, it's all good. My strength was trash, and then I did do a dexterity. Ab- it was fun because I abandoned dex weapons, and then I found out that dex makes your spells faster, oh. like oh. Re- really late in the game. And then so I like added a bunch of dex, and then my sword became a viable option again, mm. which was a kind of fun twist late game. I think yeah. it was, I forget who it was, but there was some boss, it might have been Melania, that I like killed with a sword at the end, like having <laughs> only done spells. And it was like, ugh, it was awesome. That that rips. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're touching on a thing that's like so great about this game where you know, like there there are surprising moments and big cool moments baked into the design, but then also you get your own cool moments that are unique to you yeah. because of how the game works. Alec, all the same questions I want to hear. How many hours? How many hours? Uh, final loadout and including that drip. How about one question at a time, Jeremy? It's too many all at once. Um, let me. Sorry about that voice. Let me do. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog will appear several times <laughs> yeah. during this. Uh, Jeremy, cool I voice. played. Uh, <laughs> I think. Okay, there's. There's. I need some leeway here, but mm-hmm. I would say close to 160. Like. Um, so my first run was like 110, and mm-hmm. then I played 
about like half of two more runs. Um, mm. I, I would say close to like 160 hours total between all of them. Um, maybe even more. Uh, and then also like I've just sat and watched my partner play through the games. So I'll count that as well. So let's say like 250. Let's do that. Let's say wow, let's yeah. say that's I'm, I'm, I don't want to collect hours on this. I'm just doing other shit while watching. But I have no, spent no, a lot cool. of time that, looking at a screen with this game playing. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. there's like I'm sure the videos and the reading and like the other shit. Just right, like, yeah. I would I would say coming into this podcast, I am uh, basically at my limit talking about Elden Ring. I have <laughs> I have probably talked about this game more than I've talked about any other game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to get you sort of here at the tail end. Yeah, to, to <laughs> no, this kinda, is good. Well, I want to talk I, about it. I'm just like I yeah. I wanted to put a period at the end of the sentence, and I feel like this podcast episode could be the closure I'm looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It won't be because it's we're going to talk about this game until we die, Jeremy. This is uh, <laughs> that was my fear. Yeah, yeah, my fear is that we would do that because <laughs> I, I and I will and I'm, something I'd also have to talk about too eventually is like the postpartum that comes from finishing oh, the game. It's real or or starting any other game after. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, oh, I played yeah. Kirby right after this. The, I the did new too. Kirby, <laughs> and it it felt like I don't know, like taking a bath. I was like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'll beat this in literally one sitting and it'll be the easiest mm-hmm. thing in the world and it'll just be like a palate cleanser. Great. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. But yeah, it was so funny going right from Elden Ring to that. Yeah. Uh loadout. I want to hear that final first maybe your first playthrough is loadout. Yeah, yeah, I think those are the most interesting because you know the least in that. Yep, yep. My my later playthroughs I was getting real like creative with it. Like Yeah. Not not I'm specifically not answering your question, but like my most recent playthrough I started as a prisoner and the backstory was that they would uh they swore off magic because their family was like a bunch of magic users and they, they hated their families. So I'm playing as a high intelligence magic user who refuses to use magic. Um, that's <laughs> my new, it. that's my new one. Um, mm-hmm. but my original loadout was like very strength heavy. I usually play these games, um, for the first time, like just tanky with a sword. Um, I had a shield even, I think, um, I didn't do a lot of dodging in this run. So like, I missed that kind of, but I also was just like, I'm leaning into it. Um, I had the Bloodhound's Tooth, Bloodhound's Fang, oh, what's it cool. called? Yeah. Mm. Um, and Lionel's big witch hat helmet. Um, mm. Nice. And then I, I, I dripped. I'm answering your drip question now, but yeah. Uh, yeah, please. I stopped caring about armor stats near the end, except for yeah. like poise. Poise was important to me. I didn't want to get knocked down. But like, as long as I had Lionel's big hat and the gauntlets and the, the leg stuff, my, my torso could be whatever I wanted. So I would keep changing that out. There's, cool. there's some fun stuff there. Yeah. Um, I played about, uh, I think at this point, 160. Hey, um, there I, we go. I've only one playthrough, though. Only one. I haven't, I have not restarted the game yet. I've actually, because I have this feeling that I've actually been right about that I've missed things in the main game that are like later on. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to give myself that option for a while to like go back and like do a thing. Oh yeah. I didn't do new game plus to be clear. Yeah. I like, I just started new files because I wanted to open fully Matt. I also wanted to like jump in and help other friends co-op. Yeah. Yeah. That that, I, I've been doing a little bit of that too. Um, my, uh, my girlfriend's sister's girlfriend, is uh is somebody I will go in and play with a lot because she's like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm at the fire giant. Help me out. Like, nah, that's not a good one. We can't do horses. So let's <laughs> you just beat that one. Um, so uh, yeah, my loadout at the end, um, for interestingly, ended up being 
a loadout that I was tied to. Like I almost couldn't change it hmm. because it was it was like too it was like broken in a way that was allowing me to progress and anytime I would try to change it it would like it would it would just be like a wall. Like I couldn't like like so tears I'll 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 kind of go through it. So I was um I was a faith build um uh what's it called like the uh confessor mm-hmm. and um i never respect the entire game um uh, because not only was my original spec like really fun but i would like i would be excited to come back to the game with like what i had you know like the like the utility belt that i had um i have ended up getting that blasphemous blade from from the lord Rikerd fight yeah uh this the, the trick with that blade is that um it has a it has a projectile which is like a fire magma um sort of like it hit you you hit the ground and like magma shoots out ahead of you and anything it touches it heals you <laughs> whoa oh, i never used that and yeah. uh so i didn't need a shield i didn't need um and i and even though i was like low endurance i could just i could pack all of the armor i wanted on and just have that sword (laughs) and i could still roll and dodge and do everything else um so that's how i beat everybody and and anytime and like and like i i definitely played um like lower level enemies and lower level bosses with different equipments and stuff but when it came down to like fighting like the elden beast or melania or whoever else uh it was like i needed to kind of have that loadout and with Mm. my mimic tier uh, he was only doing that as well. So it's just two people <laughs> doing projectiles and healing themselves. Amazing. At a, I was about to ask if we all use the mimic tier, but I think that answer is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. But but my drip towards the end of the game was I think I just I just assembled the entire tree crucible uh, outfit. Oh hell like yeah! The, cool. Yeah. I like so that you went just for, like, yeah you went for like a specific kit. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mixed and matched a lot throughout the game, but what I finished with was pretty much because it was like, it wasn't like Lionel stuff where it was like the most sturdy, industrious. Um, I would often put on his helmet a lot. I loved the helmet. Yeah, yeah. The helmet that was great, and it worked me. with every costume, and it <laughs> and it clips through every weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I also. Yeah, I love that. Uh, um. So does the hat, like the big. Um, What's it called? Seps, uh, Sepul. What's his name? Sepul. Celibus. Celibus. Yeah, his hat. That's like really big. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh, your hat. sword just goes like. <laughs> through it. Uh, but yeah, um, I I beat the. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how I finished the game. Um, uh, let's get into a little bit about. I guess just in a kind of a games club style, we can. I, I kind of want to leave it a little open. I have here uh, stuff like we can talk about mechanics, weapons and spells, lore and story, visuals and music, moments in general, you know. But I kind of feel like we could just freewheel it a tiny bit here, just because it's, uh, you know, it's in our bones so yeah. much that it won't be it won't be hard to discuss. Uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about with you guys is just like a little bit more on mechanics and weapons and spells and stuff and sort of like how we approach different things. Like one thing that's really great about this game is, uh, and I think this has like the DNA from like breath of the wild and like metal gear solid five. And like, you can kind of approach any encounter from like almost any way, like almost mm-hmm. there's some encounters that are like pretty rigidly. You have to do X, Y, Z, but some of the boss fights kind of corral you into a certain mode, but yeah. 
Yeah, and like some of your loadouts just won't work against certain bosses, so you have to get creative. You have to figure out ways to or work around. They that. just are harder. Like I've noticed, yeah. like a lot of a lot of times, like I will describe a boss that I had so much trouble with that someone else beaten like one try because they had the perfect loadout for it. And it's, yeah, I mean, totally. I love that balance to it because it, it makes each game play through have like a lot of texture to it. For where, sure. Like, yeah. I beat uh, Renala in like one try yeah. <laughs> in my run, and then like everyone else was. Oh, that fight took me so long. I'm like, oh yeah. shit! I yeah. beat her my second time, and I it was it, it was really satisfying because my friend beat Radon his first time. Oh my and god! That made, and that made me so mad. That's way more psycho. Yeah, yeah. and it, it made me so mad. And then he started complaining about Renala, and I was like, oh, actually, I beat her the second time. So, <laughs> you know, hmm. yeah, I actually, um, I I didn't I. I, for whatever reason, like because of, I think the way that the mechanics are designed and beca- I, so, something about Elden Ring clicked with me, I mean, almost immediately, like right away it clicked where I was just having a blast and I almost hit no walls. I hit one pretty major wall and it was at the Elden Beast, which is kind of embarrassing because a lot of people blew through Elden Beast. Oh, that like, took me a while. Yeah. That, that was, did? Okay, good. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was tough. like uh, a two day like build up. Yeah, yeah. it was hard. Was, like continuously going yeah. back. Yeah, that was like a two or three day wall for me, but the rest of everyone else um, was, you know, it would take me a few hours, but like I would, okay. I could, I could successfully get over stuff. Um, Wait, who was everyone's which, favorite or hardest boss? I, if you don't mind me doing a little diversion here. Yeah. And Melania, not to just be like whatever, but like I really did like yeah. fuck, fuck her. <laughs> that was my favorite fight of the game but I, she was really hard for me it was like one where i was having a blast losing yeah but i think the actual hardest boss for me was commander nile oh so who's commander nile yeah, remind he's, me he's in the snow like he's in the the north um you need to beat him to get the other half of the medallion to go to the lower part of the snow <gasps> oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah so he and he he like uh summons he spirits has two summons his fight it's he's, yeah. a, he's like the harder version of the fight of commander o'neill who's in the middle of the swamp in caleb uh-huh. um yeah. yeah i don't know what it was but i like just could not get a handle on that fight i would bring a mimic tier i would try to like I didn't do any co-op for the boss fights for some reason, but um, me neither. Yeah, that one was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I talked <laughs> to a yeah. I, I talked to a friend who's almost he hasn't beaten it yet and is close, but he's played the entire game cooperative with two other people. Love that. And That's I, great. Yeah. I was like, that sounds so fun. Well, the bosses yeah. do get harder when you do that, so it's like it's oh, not cool. Like, yeah, like they scale a little bit depending on how many players are oh, okay. fighting him. I was thinking even if they didn't, it would still be fun because mm-hmm. they'd, you, they'd still beat you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, that's 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 smart. But I was like, God, that sounds so fun. That really does sound fun. Like to share the experience with someone else. Because I actually did find it hard to like, because um, even people I knew who were playing it might have been like way farther ahead or way behind me. So then I almost I felt like I I'd never until maybe this episode, I haven't really like gotten that like sit down talk about it with somebody out of me you know what i mean mm-hmm, so it's right. like so this is like uh so that would have been cool to do it to do a co-op my, my hardest boss i think might have been the eldest elden beast that's where i had to like i had to like go and like do stuff and come <laughs> back like that and, and that that's when you know a boss is like really yeah, tough. Yeah, it's like when you have sure. to like figure shit out and come back to it um and use things that i, I started using like items in that boss fight which is something i didn't do the entire game did you ever no. use a rune arc 
I did only for that fire. I never yeah. used one. I, I felt bad. I was like, there's yeah. only 40 of these in my inventory. I can't use these. I know. I felt the same way, but I knew that that was the last boss. And so yeah, I was like, I'm fair. just going to I'm just gonna start using these. And I think it's because I used that is how I ended up beating uh, the Elden Beast. But Melania was interesting because Melania might have been harder, and I might have just got lucky, but I, uh, I was actually texting you, Jacques, I during my this. Melania yeah. fight, and I was like, I was like, I like fuck think- this, never gonna yeah. happen. I fuck this, happen. and yeah. then, yeah, and then like, and then like a minute later, I go, oh, I just beat her. Never mind. Like it was just like a completely <laughs> cold. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, especially yeah. if you like, and, if you're stuck on the boss all night and you wake up in the morning, you beat them first try. Yeah, like crazy. That's, yeah. that's my favorite. It's great. Um, I love that feeling. Again, too, one thing that really helped with my Melania fight was using the blasphemous blade. Like I would shoot magma at her knock her down and if i timed it right i could just keep knocking her down oh yeah yeah. she'd be able to she has very low poison she's weak to bleed so like if you're if you're tanky um i i was like a fair fight for her because i couldn't dodge which meant she could hit me and heal but also i could knock her down a lot so like i was having it was a real good trade-off for my build yeah that's also the first fight where um I discovered the mimic tier. I actually had not used the mimic tier up until that oh point. God. And I was using wolves. I used wolves the entire game until Melania. Had you upgraded them quite a bit or like Yeah, they were yeah. they were fully mm-hmm. maxed, yeah, upgraded, but but they were but they what I liked about them was that they offered three options That's to huge. distract <laughs> right. the bosses. The and main I, and, reason you'd use a summon more than their ability yeah. to fight is to distract oh, the boss. Yeah. Like, totally. Um, which was which which actually wasn't like when I found when I finally got the mimic tier, and I just realized because my wolves were getting just blasted away yeah. by Melania, uh, I I finally used that mimic tier and that he stayed alive the whole fight. Like I would die and he would still be alive most of the time. The mimic and, tier can heal. Yeah, <laughs> Look, that's insane. Yeah, it would be really it's, funny it's when the mimic tier dies though, and you're just like against her, and you're just like, oh no. You're like I'm dead. That's it. Yeah. Also, uh, you have to um, to use the mimic tier to its full potential. You have to unequip everything that you right. don't want to use. Because I'll tell you what happened. Literally right before this uh, podcast, I I went and beat like um, you know the fallen like star beast fallen or whatever beast. that's yeah that's in that like big kind of dome arena like uh, or like a crater. You get shot up and you, you get shot up oh, and, at the top uh, of the Mount, at Mount yeah. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. That, that one. Fun. Um, I beat right before, uh, this, uh, podcast. I hadn't beaten it and I just skipped it and then I went back and did it before this. I and, never uh, beat I, one I, of those. <laughs> I, I sent out my mimic tier and I forgot that I had a torch equipped and so for no reason, my mimic tier just like gets his torch out and just starts hitting the stars with a torch. And I was like, no, my guy. That's great. You have everything else at your disposal. Like, why would you choose torch? That's awesome. Well, that's um, also like the yeah. funniest. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. One of, one of my favorite, like one of the biggest laughs I got in the game was fighting the mimic tier, like the mini boss mm. version yeah. and yeah. thinking okay, this is kind of tough because it's just like a Shadow Link fight. It's it's me versus me. I'm strong. And then the second time or third time I like fought it, I was like, what if... And I just unequipped everything mm-hmm. and then started the fight. And of course, oh, they, they didn't have any weapons to use. And I put everything back on, which didn't matter because yeah. they were just punching me while I was doing that so I could navigate <laughs> menus as much as I wanted. And then yeah. destroyed them. I'm like, that's... I know a lot of people had that same experience, but like 
that happened completely independent. The game like let me think of that on my own, and it totally allowed it. And it was so yeah, fucking funny. that's awesome. You can also do that tr- same trick uh, for fighting bosses with your mimic tier, where you can re-equip things you don't want them to use. Right. That makes right. sense. Yeah. Now you can't do that if you're fighting certain bosses in the game yeah, they just attack that you will right just one shot you. <laughs> like there and there's some late game enemies that'll just just one shot you pretty much. Like uh uh Malekith, uh Oh my right. God, you have yes. to get out of the way right away or it's over. I like didn't upgrade my vitality for a while for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't know why I kept leveling everything else. And then I just like one time I was like, I'll try this. And then it was like a full like half a centimeter went up. And I was like, oh, it's like a much stronger upgrade than the others. Yeah. Vigor's like the most valuable thing to upgrade for most of the game until like late game when actually the weapon scaling starts to matter more. <laughs> like, yeah. If yeah. you're like starting a new run, like it's almost always just put it into bigger. <laughs> yeah. It was like crazy. It was like, cause I kept getting one hit by lots of bosses and I got incredible at dodging, but, uh, <laughs> then I started upgrading my vigor and I was like, Oh, the game doesn't have to be like this. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, they should be more clear about that, but, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- this is something that I was thinking about while I was playing, and I'm interested to know if you guys felt similarly. Because uh, on the topic of like balance in terms of like the combat and mechanics of the game, I was a faith and dex build, and I felt like the game was tailored to faith and dex builds. Like mm. I was like everything I picked up was like a faith weapon, and yes. I was like I had so many options. But then I was thinking, but then I, of course I had tons of stuff I couldn't use. So I was wondering, since I don't know if either of you guys were faith builds, you know, you were intelligence shock and then, uh, Alec, you kind of finished out with, um, strength, right? Yeah. And, uh, did it feel that way for you guys as well? Where you're just like, everything I pick up is like, I can use like, it's like, it's almost like the game is okay. So strength is sort of, it's not that it's built. I think it has, it leans towards, uh, faith and intelligence, because a lot of the brute strength weapons will benefit from one of those other stats. So I was playing almost pure strength, endurance, and vitality. Yeah. And that meant I would pick up a really cool looking weapon that required like 20 intelligence. And I'd be like, oh shit, I don't have that. Eventually I, I added a bunch of intelligence to be like a, like my secondary was, a, was spellcasting. So I would do like all my projectiles via spellcasting. Um, so like late in, later in the game, I, I had built that up. But I would constantly pick up like a sword that requires like 15 arcane. And I'm like, my arcane seven. I never upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 is not a lot to ask either. <laughs> no, yeah. I felt like, honestly, I, I think the most stuff I found was for faith. And I was like, I kept oh. finding faith stuff. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I should have went into that. But the main thing for me that I missed out on was I couldn't use ashes of war the whole time. Like I like, because I didn't use the sword. I like, didn't use ashes of war that was the thing that i was playing that's the thing i was playing the game and i was like man i'm really not using this like huge component of but it's but it's like that's how it goes like with if you're not playing a faith build there's a whole arm of the game that you'll never touch like and the spells are so fun in this i will say like yeah i I say all this but i have no regrets like yeah yeah i I, I would notice like like, yeah we're so fun they really fix spell casting in this game compared to other souls games where i felt uh it was either like locked to the late game or just not as good as it could be (laughs) yeah yeah like bloodborne is like mm-hmm. I never even the tried wor- the worst spell. Yeah. There's, there's, it's so hidden, mm-hmm. like the, right. that whole thing. 
it's um, it's zany in this game like it's like yeah. i think the spells are like practically like comedy you just get yeah. these like huge swords you're swinging and like yeah it just like looks and feels ridiculous like the moon you send a moon at someone yeah i yeah. love that like all the spells especially i mean i know it's faith too but like especially with uh intelligent spells they all have a different faction like a different school of magic yeah. so like I just I love that like it all built into the lore too. You could like follow. Yeah. I could just I'm gonna be a gravity spellcaster. Like you could play it that way. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I definitely was like leaning a lot into like the frenzied flame stuff, oh, which it. was which was just psycho, um, psycho weird and unpredictable. And that's what kind of made it really fun. Is like you didn't exactly know how it worked, how the status worked fully. Like it took a long time to get used to it. Uh, I, I t- t- speaking on status stuff like. Man, like, like I when I go back and play the game, I definitely want to do an intelligence build. Like that was the stuff I missed out on the most was anything Glenstone related, anything you know. Um, mm-hmm. But also like Frost. Like I, I was reading about all these people who were doing Horfrost Stomp the whole game, and I had no, I had never yeah. used Frost one time. I think that got nerfed. That was a very big meta game thing. Like I don't know yeah. if a lot of people stumbled on that of their own accord. Yeah. yeah, but just, well, I mean, just like just the elemental status of yeah. Frost, like mm-hmm. I never really fucked with, and I just am like, I'm like, that seems so fun and cool. Um, you know, what's weirder than Frost, sleep. Yeah, sleep was great. <laughs> there's like, sleep, a, bunch, there's I, like a, a few Saint Trina's weapons that do sleep status. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? That's such Saint an odd, Trina, an odd yeah. way to approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, there was one boss in particular. It's uh, you know those um. The Godskin Apostles in Faramazula. Yep. Yeah. The the harder the, the du- hardest. The ones Godskin probably. duo. Yeah. The Godskin duo. Yeah. Um. I uh, sleep was how I really. Oh, yeah. Because so I had I, wow. I had all these sleep uh bombs, so I just <laughs> oh, I would I would bomb the big the big guy. And me and my mimic would go try to take care of the little guy. That's and so funny. Anytime the big guy woke up, I just threw another handful <laughs> at him, and because they were they were they were rocking me, yeah, big time. <laughs> I, I truly don't know if I used a single item besides the boluses the entire time. Like I truly would make the poison and scarlet rot boluses, and then I don't think I used any like bombs or anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't like doing those. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, something about I it, liked but... it in Bloodborne when you could like throw a pebble and distract somebody. Like I, I did that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, in Bloodborne early game, I would use the fire fire bombs. bombs. Yeah, those but are then huge. like late game, I just you they they don't do enough damage or really anything to mm. right. I didn't use weapons or uh, item crafting hardly at all in this game, and I will say it was like. I, I wonder who is doing that because it's well it's if, not um, if you're like an archer you want to make those bone arrows a lot um, right okay I did yeah. make those yep. and I had to make a lot of those for my rune farm <laughs> that I did I think I showed you that Jacques where you just yeah. it, you shoot the turkey and he just jumps off the cliff uh, and you get eleven thousand runes you get eleven thousand runes immediately in eight <laughs> seconds yeah do you know about this Alex no which turkey. So it's in um, uh, the. I'm gonna look it up so I don't. It's the underground it. area by Caled, I think, right? Or yeah. So it's 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 the Siofra River. Um, yeah. Area, but it's like where Mo- Moog is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, if you the ride blood, your the blood palace, the blood palace. Yeah. When you if you ride your horse up to there's a cliff, and and there's a side of grace, uh-huh. and you turn around. And there's at this point there's so many notes on the ground leading people to this area, <laughs> but you go up to a cliff face and you can see very far away there's like a big blood pool, 
and there's a little there's a huge turkey guy kind of walking around. If you shoot him with a bow, he charges at you, but he's so far away he just runs right off a cliff. Hell yeah. And uh so I used it sparingly because it was game breaking. Like it would break I you could get a hundred thousand runes in three minutes like (laughs) it it was it was game breaking so i i would only use it if i like lost an insane amount of runes and right would go get them back or whatever or if i needed or if i needed just money to upgrade weapons oh buddy i I, I spend so much time just killing those vulgar militia guys in the in dragon barrow just those are my that was my rune farm and that took way longer and i did it so much so i would have jumped at this yeah yeah (laughs) although you don't you don't unlock that till way later though so okay yeah, I well, you can rush it early. Um, so I rushed the mm. the rune farm like as early as I could, basically, gotcha. which is which is you have to at least get back to where you were, uh, where you first started, up in the um, where that church or whatever you know, where you see that grafted guy right away that just yeah. kills you. You have to go there. Yeah. Why is that part of it? It's it's part of a side quest you do for uh, that guy who pricks your finger. Because you need like a maiden's blood, and like gotcha. the maiden is like back where you started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, any uh, I do want to I would do want to discuss sort of the like lore and story of the game um, because I feel that that could take some time, and I think it is like super fun to talk about that stuff. But uh, does anyone want to talk about anything else mechanically? I mean, we can also just bring that kind of stuff up as we go. No, that's it. Let's it's talk too. lore. Let's open up the yeah. book of the lore Elden talk. Ring. Lore talk with your host Jeremy Spliff. All right, um, <laughs> we're doing. Uh, so, I there's not a really a, a good direction to come at this from. Like, it's not. It, there's it, it's non-linear. Obviously, there's like so many facets and factions. Um, but uh, well, I did want to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I was gonna ask, what if we started by answering which ending we picked? That would be really. I think that could be a good way to start because that, well. that's very faction based yeah yeah so jacques maladu um in this game there are five unique endings that we know about right yeah um <laughs> yeah i guess so no or I, I, guess, like, I guess i guess i guess there's i'm sorry there's six there's six endings we know i think about. so yeah i can't remember I, yep there's the regular boring there's the <laughs> dusk barrow or dusk eyed one there's the the dung eater one mm-hmm. then there's the gold mask one yep then there's ronnie's ending and then there's the freaking flame of frenzy ending did i get them all i think i, I think got them so. all i think that's, I think that's all it yeah there might be hidden endings we don't like that that's uh Un- unclear at this unlikely point. at this point too I'd, unlikely because we, we're recording about two months after the game's release so it's uh a l- most of it's been mined out faster yeah. than probably any souls game even though this is bigger than all the other souls games like so many people were playing this game. They just, right. I think they just gutted it. But uh, Jacques, what was your ending? I'm a simp for Ronnie, you know? Yeah. Like, I like, I'm not proud of it because I feel like it's like <laughs> what everyone did or like half the gamers did. Uh, I feel like I'm like an incel. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, yeah, simp for Ronnie. I didn't know I was ending the game when I picked her, I'll say. It was like that thing where I was like, oh, what's what's she up to? Then it was like, oh, okay, that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you saw the me- the like the, the message summon. on the ground. I saw the message on like, the ground. I was oh. like, oh, what's she saying? Uh, yeah. What's that saying? And I went and I watched the other ones. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a Ronnie bitch, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I, I will also, I, I want to point out too that um, 
I watched all the endings as well. After I, I'm a Ronnie ending as well. Oh uh, yeah. I watched all the other endings, and um, in typical Souls fashion, they all suck pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like, nothing. There's no good way out. There's. I think there's like. <laughs> we should we should talk about which ones we think are the best for the world. We can we can sure. argue that. Well, Alec, what was yours? Was yours uh, Ronnie as well? Mine was Ronnie. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, we're all smart men here. Um, yeah. We. <laughs> We well, so here's the thing. Ron, Ronnie's pitch is very anti-establishment. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you are playing that game in 2022 America, it does feel like the best choice. However, once you choose it, there's a lot of wording in her ending that implies um, a sort of neon Genesis Evangelion instrumentality ending, yeah. where everyone is getting merged into one consciousness. Let me just say that's not exactly what I signed up for. Um, <laughs> but like Jeremy said, having watched the other endings, I do think that's one of the better ones. Um, yeah. I I think probably the best ending like for the world that people would be most happy with, like just en masse, is the one where you kill death, where, or where you bring death back, I mean. Mm-hmm. Where you allow people to die again, which it's kind of presented like a bad ending, but I think it's one of the more like reasonable ways to to steer the lands between, yeah, back into a a land of like you know stability of of consequence, like <laughs> yeah. And there's an argument to be made that maybe that's what you were being pushed to do the whole time as well, mm-hmm. like bringing death back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean that's that's part of the. I mean, we'll talk about the lore, I guess, like. You are. This game has one of my favorite narrative setups, um, which I've seen in a few other games like Fallout New Vegas, where you are given a task. You know what your task is when you start the game, um, and that is to become Elden Lord. And you actually don't have enough information to know, like, is that the right choice? And as you play, you you learn more about the world. You learn more about the different factions. You learn more about the consequences. You have to actually dig to find out more. But if you wanted to, you could just blindly run right through the game and just reclaim that throne and live with whatever it is but like so much of the setup and this works for open world games so well is you don't like most of the plot has already happened on either end of the story you are not doing much story-wise in the game except slaughtering people um Mm -hmm. slaughtering these gods of of like the story that's already unfolded um and that's kind of similar to new vegas except in new vegas you're like more doing side quests for factions and earning respect and uh, teaming up with people or like doing murders on behalf of other factions. But like, you know, in both games, ultimately not a lot of story actually progresses during your playthrough. (laughs) And it's just, it's just the cleanest way to write an open world game where you have presented like all these really compelling options and very role play heavy options too, because like, the the dung eaters ending is so nihilist it's so everyone's fucked no matter what and same thing with frenzied flame and you're like a reasonable person wouldn't want to do that but those options being there add so much stakes to the other choices you can make and also allow for like really interesting role play attempts yeah i mean i don't know i was i was really enamored like i was just happy that it was set up in this way which is pretty par for the course for FromSoft games anyway to be honest i agree and i think that i but i think that you're ultimately right like what um, I think what hooks people so much about the lore of these games and what gets people like watching lore videos like forever and ever about them is because it's there's like an object and like an objectivity to things that like makes you really like um, 
that makes you kind of question like um, the subjectivity of what those like entail, right? Like, right. So that maybe sounds confusing, but like the frenzied flame ending is like is like <laughs> could potentially be an objectively better ending based on like the subjectivity of like what you know everything's given a fair shake fingers yeah. yeah yeah like no like it's i mean that's that's new vegas too where like there's no good ending there's no like happy perfect ending no matter what you pick in new vegas like things are still pretty shitty to a degree or like you can't trust that right. they'll stay good forever and yeah. like that's the most compelling way to do that sort of thing to me like you're yeah, you're. You're. I mean, it, obviously, it, there's like you don't want to side with this with the Caesars, like. <laughs> but, but, but it's very uh, like D and D in that way, though, mm-hmm. where it's like sort of like you're crafting this narrative that's fully yours, and like so, you know, like like the Golden Order, you know, could be awesome, and if you're playing this game really fast, right? Like you're trying to just get through it. You're like right. Golden Order, Golden Order, Golden Order, and then. But if you play like a different way, like we all did, you know, Golden Order is the bad guys to us, you know. Um, I'll hate them till the day I die. (laughs) It's also like how the world works too, is that people are on, there's no real good, like, uh, no, it's like Alec it, it, was saying when, like, when yeah. you you pick uh, Ronnie and then you like hear what she says at the end, you're like, oh, I don't even like you anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much like I, that one made me laugh because it is like she held a lot of information back until that was happening, <laughs> like, and that yeah, that also okay, fits cool. her character in a good way. Like, yeah. it's she's she's very sneaky. She also like mentions like murders that she did as if she doesn't know who did them. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. She, like, she's she's super. She's great. She's she's a great plot device she's a great character Mm -hmm. um for a lot of reasons and i think that's why a lot of people pick her also i just want to like throw out there that there's visually there's only really two good endings and it's ronnie's and the frenzied flame like the other endings look like crap they're like just like a guy sitting on like a (laughs) throne oh they're like the mass effect recolor ending yeah they just they just reskin which is fine yeah yeah um which to me is less interesting than looking at like the world on fire or the moon coming down and you know what i mean like right. yeah um i would have preferred i mean i always prefer that with like in bloodborne there's this hilarious thing where like the worst endings are visually the most spectacular and the best ending you can get sucks it's just like <laughs> you're a squid and she like holds like your doll holds you, you know what i mean like they're right. famous for like very anticlimactic endings that might have like heavy lore implications mm-hmm. but are visually lackluster i guess um wait i so, would can i say something yeah. funny about mm-hmm. lore uh it was when jeremy was like texted me after i'd beaten the game and he's like do you know what's up with queen marika <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no i or i think so but no he's like maybe look at you should look it up and and then you do you read the wiki and you're just like what the fuck yeah. like her, yeah. her brother are the same are the same person and formed at one point and then yeah tw- i don't know like i i can't even explain it well enough but it was just like that shit was awesome i like I, it was like i i shouldn't have enjoyed reading a wikipedia page for a game <laughs> like i know that sounds stupid but i was like god just like it just it was emblematic of how much there was packed in that i like had even missed in my thing and like yeah. i feel like that was actually some george r, r. martin stuff what i what i got into like the incesty sort of oh stuff. absolutely yeah that's his mo yeah he loves yeah that. <laughs> so I, I i wanted to throw this out because i do think this is like you're you're touching on exactly like my favorite part of this particular game's like lore is like um and it is what i think george rr R. martin might have brought uh 
we don't know exactly, but it feels like this is something that he might have brought, which is like um, the the huge theme of like identity in Elden Ring. Like Elden Ring is a game about identity, just like Game of Thrones, a much lesser George R. R. Martin work is a whole <laughs> book series about identity. Like pick a character in Game of Thrones. And that is a story about somebody either losing or finding their identity, like every single character. Like, um, and that's the exact same thing that's kind of happening here. And one of my favorite expressions of this is what, I don't know if it's intent intentional or not, but it's like the numbing effect that characters names alone have on the player (laughs) where like, it's almost hypnotic how many Godfrey's and Godwin's and, Godric and Godfrey and Radagon and Renala and Ronnie and Radon and, and you're Radigan. just like and you're just it's almost like it has a, it, everyone starts to blur together in this weird way that they only start to carve themselves out as unique identities once you start to really invest in them right oh yeah it's, it's the classic like honestly that that is a George R. R. Martin thing with the names but like also mm-hmm. Very FromSoft in general, where you watch the intro cinematic the first time you start the game up, and you're like, this is cool. I don't know who these people are. This is cool. And then, like, 30, 40 hours in, you rewatch the intro cinematic, and you're like, oh, yes. this is this rules. I get everything now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the most insane expression of this identity theming is in America with radigan and i think it's a question that to this day is only still hypothesized over like there's theories but like we we're, we can't really know exactly what this all means like so at the towards the end of the game actually if you're an intelligence build is the only way you can figure this out is you cast a spell at a statue and the message that it re- spits back at you is that radigan is america you also kind of figure out in the fight though like D- oh yeah, you see, you see them. And transform. in item descriptions, you yeah. can start mm-hmm. to p- piece that together. But yep. the the bone chilling yes. Radagon is America sentence is like took a lot of people threw a lot of people off. People yeah. didn't know really what to make of that. Whoa! Um, I just want to know what you guys make of it. Like, what do you think that is? Um, and for the listeners, if you're not familiar with this, like Radagon is a character who. Uh, is like a, a warrior who like uh conquers the magicians and then marries one of them and has a bunch of kids and then is and then uh, for no reason seemingly just goes back to queen america leaves ranala behind and uh marries uh america becomes the second elden lord in the game because she's yeah, more powerful i, mean, I think sure if you want to uh, play don't, it we that don't way, know the reason like, i was i, I was think. also like I appreciate how vague it is because mm-hmm. you could read it literally as they split apart for a while, then remerged. You could also read it as they just share the same body and switch who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And so like him leaving Radagon, leaving Renala and going back to America is really just him returning to like, there, there's also like a layer to it where it's two ideologies at war because mm-hmm. Radagon is very, uh, like pro golden order, pro uh, pro Elden Lord, basically Elden Beast, right. whereas America is trying to destroy that. And so within the same body, it's somebody like it, it's very effective as a as a as a piece of narrative because you can pull it out and just view it as somebody struggling with whether what they did was right or wrong and whether they mm-hmm. should keep upholding those values yeah. or switch to something that might be more befitting. Like, yeah, it's a it's a fantasy metaphor for that. So it works even if it's not perfectly 
spelled out. And in fact, it works better because it's not spelled out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, really, yeah, I, I kind of, I got, I mostly agree with that. Yeah. I think I'm, I think the, the part that I, I do like, uh, guessing at what it could physically mean, right? Like something as, as a, as an exercise, but like, I agree that it is a cool metaphor. Too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I get, I get very, I love trying to math out the lore in, in like a from game. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's very fun to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also really think you can get too lost in it. You can like, I need to know who Merica and Radagon were and what that means and were they literally two people or one? Like at that point to me, you're you're not reading the text the right way. Like part of any good story is like what you leave out, what what you don't explain. Um and there's you we have more evidence for the Radagon Merica stuff than we do for uh the Ronnie Melina stuff. Because presumably they also have a link where they both have like a, an uh, opposite eye that's sealed shut. Yeah. And we can kind of understand that they both had a relationship with Torrent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of links between them, both visually and narratively, that like I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, get anywhere near the amount of uh, conclusiveness within the game's text as Merica and Radagon do. So like that, that's a whole other me- one. Me- yeah. Melina is like shockingly under spoken about yeah like like ronnie i feel like has a ton of stuff a lot and it's still not in relation to melina though right (laughs) and we don't but we don't still really know who melina is other than that i think she was like born at the tree yeah she wanted to return to the tree she she might have served um was does she serve the frenzied flame maybe like what was the there's like some implication there where like if you take her place because you can you can become infected with the frenzied flame and not sacrifice her, but she's kind of upset yeah. about it. Like she really wanted yeah. to do it. Like it's she not like she said she'll hunt you down, right? If you do the, I think so. And like, yeah. there's a character you meet who takes. Who is the guy in the when you first get to the snowy area, um, who's taken over like an old friend's body, and he's telling you, um, you could you should do the right thing and spare Melina, which is like called into more suspicion when you realize melina doesn't want to be spared and also what mm-hmm. what sparing her entails meaning you have to embrace the, the three fingers mm-hmm. and like it also is implied that the people taking over those bodies are serving the three fingers so like no matter what when somebody tries to like guilt trip you or tell you uh, a tip in these games there's like three layers of deceit going on yeah and yeah. i love that it's it's very rich um i i like almost it reminds me of um like Magic the Gathering flavor text where you like mm-hmm. you'll pl- you'll play a cool card and you'll read the the one hint of a sentence of lore at the bottom like this was the last time the Luminarch aspirant looked upon this land like I don't know I'm making that up that's not a real one but whenever I think that sounded looks good it sounds good <laughs> when I look up one of those things I'm like this sounded interesting what was this character's actual deal in the magic universe it always disappoints me I don't think the magic shit's super well written this game does a better job of not disappointing me when I look into it, but like there's something to be said for just the magic of barely understanding and like all the implications and how those all start to dance around in your head when you've just picked right. up a lot of cursory details about the lore. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it goes, I think the same thing definitely goes for Demon Souls, Bloodborne, and mm-hmm. Sekiro. I yeah. haven't played any of the Dark Souls games, but I imagine it's very similar. Very to much. Where, this game is the like, closest to Dark Souls, like out of those, I think. Yeah, it feels think so. a lot like the lore in, lore in those games, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's understanding like a basic root concept thing here, and then there's like knowing everything, which is something you can never do, which is, I think 
makes me hungrier for like yeah oh yeah man yeah. like if, if people find like a an item we've never seen before and it explains even more it's like oh how great or like or like uh, also like the meta of like what shit they pulled out of the game before they released it like yep. can sometimes like i think in i think in bloodborne the original father gascoigne says umbasa which is like connects it directly to demon souls as hmm. the future of that game interesting yeah, but then they pulled it out. So I think they were like, oh, we don't want to commit to that, maybe. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. And it's also, like, kind of fun. I don't know, like, part, part of like, what I'm getting at is it's fun the way FromSoft very smartly doesn't reveal everything, like, leaves a lot of holes on purpose. Because yeah. they innately understand that kind of kills the magic. Like, not being able to know everything, but still, mm-hmm. maybe you can get, like, 80% of the way there in any other games. In fact, like... Elden Ring might be the most complete you can get. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a little like it's it's incredibly cryptic, but it seems like they give it's more generous. Yeah. With, like, like not leaving quite as many gaps, I thought. The shit that yeah. I can't figure out in Elden Ring is like some of the timeline stuff, like uh mm-hmm. when when the dragons were in charge and like there was a dragon that was an Elden Lord at one point and that turns back time. Yeah. <laughs> which is really psychotic. Like but there's lo- a fight that I th- you get I think you get that from some item descriptions and that fight with that big dragon where it just Lord suddenly everything turns sex. the other way and you're like what is But that that, that dragon wasn't the Elden Lord. That was like their protector. So like there's Oh, like, I thought it was. I thought no, pl- I, pl- uh the one in Ferramazula was Plas- the- Plasadusax. No, he's like mm-hmm. not the Lord. I well maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But my understanding was he was not the Lord. He was like serving the elden dragon lord yeah and i'm confused about like what i mean this is the sort of thing where i i I like digging because i can't find an answer so i'm just like enticed to think about it and he was an elden lord for a different god too he was an elden lord for a different presumably yeah he served a different whole thing that wasn't the greater will which in this game is god right there's yeah um and well, what's so great in Missoula too is like you can see before you fight that thing you can see his skeleton like grafted into the side of the building yeah and then you turn back time and it's like it's like going back in time to like meet this guy well you, know? you also see all the all the pieces of Missoula that are at the beginning of the game yeah, yeah. Are, have all fallen from that and when you unwind time they all go back up and, and build everything back together intact yeah just really yeah did you uh i guess uh, yeah i mean i i want to know this what is everyone's favorite like uh piece of lore and and favorite like boss and or character in the game like um uh, maybe i'll start like i i i think the radon boss fight is one of my favorite things I, i've done in a video game period. that was so, great. so cool it is so shocking and so surprising that when you get to this place, you you expect it to be this hostile uh, Stormvale Castle type place, but really it's empty. It's like a ghost town. Uh, there's some things to fight in well, there. But if if you go there earlier, it is actually like a full fortress you can fight through. But you can't. Oh. I didn't know that. I, I thought the game was broken. I thought my game was glitching out when I got there because it was mm-hmm. like the impassable Great Bridge, and you just walk across it. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, I, it was a full thing when I went there. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there was when tons I went of there, soldiers, was, and they were shooting flames at you, and it was like you had to dodge stuff. Yeah, yeah, I came back oh, later. Weird. Yeah, after I beat Radon, I went back and I did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so so you you can go back to that same place later, and there's and it's filled with enemies. Yeah. Interesting. Cause, yeah, cause I, might I thought that. it was glitched because the doors wouldn't open when I was there. I'm like, it's empty and like things aren't working here, but yeah. it's just because they they shut it down. It's like an alternate uh, like scenario there. Yeah, that's that was pretty great. Uh, the way that 
it worked for me was yeah just getting there for the first time empty going into and then finding the guy who's like announcing the big battle yeah. and all your friends are there and the it's Redan like festival dude it was like and it, it was one of those things that i'm like oh i haven't even seen this in a FromSoft game like this is like this is new for every in every way mm-hmm. and like uh and then fighting radon you know that was that took me a while but every time was like getting closer to beating it and then the lore around it too of like alexander and him being so down on himself for not like contributing enough to the fight or if you or if you summon um what's his name patches, patches. he'll just yeah. run away that was my, <laughs> my favorite joke in the game was yeah. summoning patches and patches has returned to his own world like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Blythe's there and like yeah it, the whole thing to me was like um just really impressive i also think that like that's my favorite piece of music in the game too is that that almost like not Gregorian chant, but what is it where you have a bunch of deep vocal men kind of doing coral? Ooze coral? I don't know. Coral, yeah. yeah. Sunday Ooh. night, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was... love and I love the setup to Radon too, which is like that he fought him and another demigod fought each other, and it was a stalemate, but she infected him with rot, and now he like. Yeah, I love that the implication is that's why all of Caleb is rotting is because yeah. of that fight. Yeah. yeah. I love um I love Alexander. I like mm-hmm. I just like that just charms I just found it so charming. This game had like so many charming characters that were like not just purely bleak and I loved him. I loved the the Pope Turtle obviously. Oh, yeah. I like mm, yeah. what I saw him I was just like oh god this game is the fucking best. Like yeah. <laughs> I was just like I love him. Uh it's, uh those are probably my two favorite characters. It's for like I mean they're not as like dramatically it's in interesting necessarily but but they're yeah, I, I love i loved alexander yeah yeah i also like, went to jarberg really early in the game and there was nothing there then i found out they in one of the later patches they added like a whole side quest with alexander's like prodigy or something oh cool i should and go I, back i want to go back yeah. and do it that whatever that is that kind of yeah. bummed me out too like there's also a side quest with the guy in stormvale who like steals your money and stuff like oh yeah that, that guy they patched in a story but i'll never know because he's currently stomping a guy's head for eternity well did you know so i didn't realize this when i played um every time you die in stormvale castle and you reclaim your runes you have less than were there yeah and I'd never oh, even, I never funny. even noticed that happening, but my no. partner was playing and they were like, I swear I had more runes. And I'm like, I don't know, did you? Like, I'm making them feel crazy. And yeah. then we looked it up and that guy steals some of your runes every time you die. Yeah. And then if wow. you kill him at the end or at any time, you get all those runes back. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I it's love pre- that. It's pretty great. Um, I love the voice acting in the game, too. I honestly, like, very good voice acting in really this game. Really great. Yeah. Uh, the guy Spe- who played specifically um, Radaric- Radarica, I think, is like to me one of the standouts. I don't know, but yeah. well, I was gonna say Rykard, that like slithering oh. voice. Yeah, yeah. you'll join. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun boss fight. Too. Yeah, very gimmicky. Oh because... yeah, the gimmicks of it were great. Like yeah. I love, I love a good Souls gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, the Demon Souls like sword where you shoot the stingrays at the. Oh, stingray, I love like that. that's great. Yeah, I like that they mix them in where they're just like they're like here's like a tech, like very mechanically tough, difficult one, and then there's like here's one where you just have to hit the tail. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. or they do the the phalanx of uh, guys like oh. in Demon Souls. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Who's system. your favorite? Who's your who's your favorite? Uh, like like boss in terms of just like 
hmm. or a boss character, demigod character, like one of the bigger. I liked Radon a lot. And what's the one at the end of the Capitol? I really enjoyed that fight too. Morgat. Morgat. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a fun fight. My yeah. favorite was Melania, but I also yeah. really loved Mogwin. Just that, yeah. that mm. blood fight. Those those yeah. two were the most fun I had fighting a boss. And I remember with Melania, everyone was really down on her fight because she has like a one hit kill move. But I don't, I don't know. Like it didn't ever one hit kill me, and I also like was able to dodge it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that in a way like fuck those that, are, fuck that. I don't mean it in a way that the people who <laughs> suffered were wrong. I just like I didn't. I, I was having a lot of fun, and I got lucky and had the fight that felt fair every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I said, I there was a trade off there, like mechanically, where I think if you're like a big dodge player, uh, you have a strong advantage because she can't heal from you unless she connects an attack sure and if you're playing with the shield you don't take a lot of damage but she keeps healing so it's like fuck um Mm -hmm. but i i was shielding so she was healing but i also had like a really heavy attack so it just felt like a long drawn out satisfying fight like it was hard earned hard won and i enjoyed the whole thing and same thing with mogwin where it was like that was the opposite it was really quick that fight happens fast it's not it doesn't last a long time you have to act fast because he'll kill you fast like but also loved the arena, loved the theming, loved the cutscene beforehand with Mikola's hand coming out of the egg. Yeah, like, yeah. just Oof. great. Those two, those two tied together were like two of the highlights for me. Yeah, that was a big shocker and surprise. Was the whole egg thing with Mikola and like what the hell? What the hell is anyone trying to accomplish? Like right. trying to like figure that out of like uh, pretty pretty awesome. Um, would love to also fight like Mikola in a dlc or like um, that's the most prime for dlc i feel yeah yeah or uh who's the guy that dies right away uh godwin maybe godwin Is it godwin the golden yeah God, you yeah you fight him though when, when do you fight godwin you fight his ghost right in the capital am i wrong that i think you fight godfrey like he's like you fight the 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 guy who's like horaloo like you fight him twice in the capital, I think. Oh, interesting. As a spirit, gotcha. and then later as a the real spirit. Person. The spirit was what I was thinking of. I thought that was Godwin. Okay. Yeah. No, never God- mind. Godwin is like an alien-looking thing. He's like in the bottom of Stormvale. Yes, you that see him. Big face. You see him there, and also under the tree. Did you ever go there? Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. In underground, you mean where Fia is? Yeah. Where where you yeah. fight the the electric dragon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Electric do the electric dragon is a yeah. dance move uh, <laughs> in the lands between in the lands yeah. between <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's like um yeah i don't know just like there's like so much cool stuff like like um honestly like he's so early but like all the stuff with godric is like so some of the great. best oh yeah i love that. Uh, like, I, I wanted to talk about the guy who like you see after you kill him Who's like celebrating on his like oh, that, we were just body. talking about that, him. we were talking about him he's oh, the guy oh, who steals oh. your money in the in this in the Oh, I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah, yeah he's at the beginning. Oh. He, he lets you in if you open the gate yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I loved, I loved him. Like his attitude was so dark. It was, yeah, he's, he's stealing runes from you though, so I would go kill him and get all your runes back. Okay, yeah, yeah. go kill him. I was happy. I was happy for him. I'm an idiot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm a patsy. Uh, you know, you know, what, you know what I will say. Uh, this is going to be like, this is going to be. Hey, listeners, this is going to be the critique section of the podcast. Um, no, uh, I wish, I wish there were no summons and I wish the bosses were like calibrated with that in mind. That's my, that's my big take on the game is that I think it's like the mimic tier and I realize I could use a weaker 
summons and adjust the difficulty myself, but that gets complicated Mm -hmm. where I felt like using my mimic tier felt like I was cheating. Mm -hmm. And not using it felt too hard. It felt too hard. Right. So I kind of, my, I wish there just weren't, I wish they didn't exist. I will say like, like I agree. I actually kind of, I don't agree that I wish they don't exist. I, I do agree though that like Malekith the Black Blade that you fight towards the end of the game, like that guy, that was an example of a fight where I either couldn't do it at all, or my mimic, or if I summoned my mimic tier, I did it the first try. Like I did it <laughs> right. right away. Like yeah. where, like because he gets so distracted and because fire hurts him, I was able to just blast him quicker mm-hmm. than anything. I yeah. still had trouble even with my mimic tier on that fight. Oh really? Yeah, but I mean that's that's kind of what I was going to counter with is like I really enjoyed how open they allowed you to approach almost any challenge in the game so it's like i don't even know how you would start balancing difficulty for that i think even without the summons the game would be wildly imbalanced and sure to me i yeah. think they understood that from the get-go like if you're going to make a game like this with this level of freedom it's not going to be a balanced difficulty like yeah and Fair. with that in mind i mean that's i mean yeah i mean you could argue that someone could figure it out but like i think for, it's from a design standpoint it's like that was that was a choice. That was not yeah. like a, a flaw. Um, pot, that's I my I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't know that it's necessary. I I think it's. I just there. I had boss fights where I would allow myself to get killed, <laughs> and then try it without the mimic. T- try it like that. I would play it again without the mimic tier because mm. I was just like, oh, this isn't this isn't fair. Like towards the ending with Horalu, I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I was just gonna I was just gonna beat up my first time. And I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to do that. I think it's like maybe my magic was like OP at that point or something. But I want to like, fight bosses a second time. Just let me do it for fun. Yeah. You think oh, they kind of have something I want like that. that built in with, with the, the ever jails? Oh yeah, I saw that. Where where, you, where the, with those ever jails, you can kind of fight things multiple times, like God like alternate versions, yeah, or other people that are have the same move set. Yep, you know. Mm. Um, well, those so bosses those will come. Ba- they'll come back after you kill them. No. Those are oh, you're just, just a one one kill. Oh, thing, you're yeah. saying, but yeah, no, well, I know. at least a, a second time, yeah. A boss rush <laughs> mode would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be great. Did Sekiro um, have that where you can relive memories of fights? Uh, yes, they 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 patched that in as like DLC, I think, or like oh, that was like okay. that was like a later thing that they that they put in Sekiro. Gotcha. Um, that'd be sweet. And what other critiques? I want to hear more more critiques if we have any like yeah. things that we like didn't like that we kind of bounced off of, or I'm trying to think like. I'm trying to think for myself, like what. There weren't many. I don't they, like. There, there, yeah, there there were definitely times though where I wasn't having the most fun. I mean, it's like that's that's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to be like blowing out your endorphins every second of the game. But I I'm mean, like, part of the reason FromSoft feels so like bulletproof to me is because they they deliberately go out of their way to make pretty messy games. They break a lot of design conventions in favor of trying something really interesting or like uh I don't know, just just like this compelling urge players would have. They they tap into that. It's like this might not be the best design-wise, it's not going to be the cleanest game, but we're going to give you that urge of satisfaction. Yeah. So like I don't know, there's a like if you were looking at this with a magnifying glass using like a game designer's handbook, you would pinpoint a million things that should be fixed, so to speak. And like, just 
discussion of the game is like, they broke this rule, they broke that rule, they let players approach this however they want, they let players cheat by summoning a mimic tier. Like, there's a million things that you shouldn't do. However, yeah. I'm also like, no, thank fucking God, because every other game already follows those handbooks to a T, and it's not that interesting. Like, Right. Yeah. And even like, so, yeah, I don't know. you know, it's yeah, hard to not, criticize. No other game is even doing really like storytelling like the i mean it's just like it's like there's like a lot that they do that's just like pretty unique to them and like other people are like trying to do it but the, it's like not as um they don't yeah, have that like, thing that's that's part of like i guess if you're talking about like experimental filmmaking it's this is not this is not an experimental game i would say but like just as a illustration here like someone in in an experimental film might like throw out a bunch of very innovative wonky camera movements or narrative choices or editing moves that like you wouldn't see in a Hollywood film Mm -hmm. and all the criticism there would be like that was really innovative but I would love to see this refined or I would love to see this like applied in a different narrative or something else was weaker like there's a million ways to actually criticize it but like Mm -hmm. you don't care as much because you need that innovation for that art form to grow so like way less people are going to criticize a really experimental film than might criticize a blockbuster Marvel a Hollywood movie. movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of just built into the fact that like, if you care about the medium and you want to see it grow, you understand innately, like that's not where criticism comes in necessarily. Like you do want to talk about, it. you want to discuss what worked and what didn't work and how those could apply to other games. And like I said, Elden Ring is not an experimental game. This is a big budget, AAA blockbuster that happens to be unafraid to try innovating and making weird choices. Um, but it has that same kind of protection for me where it's like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I could talk about like count, uh, like encounters, like certain encounters I think were, mm-hmm. were, were bad. And I think and I could also talk about like how I think the entire crafting system is bad. Like, just let me find items. Like, like don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't make me, don't have a hundred things to pick but i get that that's how modern games are made yeah i was scared when i saw crafting was in there because i hate crafting normally i liked it in breath of the wild i guess but like generally it's just not enticing to me no but in this one i like a didn't need to use it and then b when i did need to use it it was actually helpful (laughs) so yeah it was weird it's like because i hate (laughs) crafting too but in this one it was like something about the way the items popped that you could see to pick them up kind of made the world more beautiful in a weird way i thought too Mm. where i was like because i agree the crafting system i I, I just didn't use it at all yeah uh, like early on too like picking up crafting materials i was getting a lot of red flags from like the type of open world game that i don't like uh-huh. Um, and I was getting worried. I was like, just coming straight off of, I played Dark Souls like right before this came out. Mm-hmm. So I was very much comparing it to like their, their classic mode of design and just seeing, uh, the, the first like five hours of the game and how they were portraying the open world. I was like, this might not be for me. They might've lost me a little bit. And then I hit a hump and I got over that. I'm like, Oh, you know what? No, they just have those elements in there and they work. And I actually fucking love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one exper- thing that I think, oh, go ahead. Go. No, you go. I was going to say, this is like, and this isn't a criticism, even though I do think criticisms of this game are valid and I don't agree with yeah. Alec on that. Um, I, uh, <laughs> no, they're absolutely valid. <laughs> I, uh, That's no, not kidding. what I said. <laughs> uh, take two. That's not what I said. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, uh, I have this experience with every From Software game where there comes a point where I'm so exhausted. Mm. I'm just so exhausted by the game. Like, 
I quit Bloodborne 70% of the way through my first time playing. I quit Dark Souls 70% of the way through my first time <laughs> playing. And I've gone back and beat them and I love them. And this game, I'd happened for like the last 20 hours. Mm. I like, this isn't a critique at all. This is like just my experience. And I don't know if anyone else has ever had this, but I like, I come to a point where I'm just like, it's just so relentless. The difficulty <laughs> is, is oh, relentless. Yeah. And I'm like, why do like, there's kind of this game less so I'd say than like Bloodborne, which I feel like is like cruel borderline. Mm, yeah. um, but it's like I d- I reach a point. It's interesting, yeah. and I and I I love it. I don't know if it's like a sadistic masochistic I, side of myself. I got less thorough as I went on. That's I was like, me. I just yeah. need to. I want to get through the fucking Halo tree. I'm not going to explore every nook and cranny here because everything's yeah. killing me. Like yeah yeah. I I I so this is weird, but like I agree in the sense too that like. Asking the player to do Halig Tree, Faramazula, and the ending all back to back, I think does cheapen into those individual areas in a right. way. Mm-hmm. Like, because they all just felt like the final push. And to me, because that's the order I played them in, which might not be the order you play them in, but um, it all just felt like. Uh, and they're the hardest areas in the game, so it all just it all just felt brutal. Like Halig Tree, then Faramazula, then Elden. It was just like God. Even the me. mountaintops of giants were like yeah. they were they were big, but they felt relatively empty compared to the rest of the world. And you had less like you were there was such a forward thrust at that point that it doesn't feel like you're meandering as much in those areas as you were in the rest of the game. Oh, right. totally. For yeah, sure. I think Limgrave might be the densest area of the game. Maybe Lindell, but like they're right. they're. But then the areas do kind of get a little less dense. I right. think as you go, um, Altus Plateau is probably like the last really like dense area that you're going to be spending a lot of meandering time in. And then yeah, like, with yeah, like tons yeah. of variation and mm-hmm. tons of like. I forget that the windmill city is in this game. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, that like, that's such so a great. huge, great part of it. But it's yeah. like, it's like just mixed in with all this other great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one that thing that I think is not a criticism, like I do not agree with the criticism of the game, but I have heard a lot of is the visuals, which is like people oh, are comparing it to like games like uh, Horizon or whatever. And they're like, see, how can we look at oh, this? You can see shit. the pores on Fuck Aloy's off. face. Um, that that yeah. to me is... I don't know. I'm not the only one who said this, but like you, if you're being that persnickety about graphics, you're like focused on the wrong shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this game has an art direction that is just like unmatched. I, it's weird because like, while I do enjoy, um, Bloodborne's like overall design and visuals, like so much. And, uh, and it'll always have that nostalgia factor of being like my first souls game. I do think this game apes it like in a lot of like they do Bloodborne in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this game's like a greatest hits for all their aesthetics. They get yeah, they get yeah. the I mean, it's also like, oh, actually, I'll, I'll remind me to get back to that. But I was going to say, like, aesthetically, Bloodborne's very flat. Um, and like my, my partner watched me play Bloodborne and then watched me play Elden Ring. And they're like, Elden Ring is a lot more fun to look at. And that's yeah. not necessarily I wouldn't even say like that's better or worse. I don't, I don't yeah, think right. they meant that either. Like Bloodborne has a very narrow art design. Yep. And it fucking works. It's great. And there are like deviations, like in the DLC, especially. But mm-hmm. like that game is mostly just dark and gothic. Yep. Dreary. Yeah. yeah. Dreary and bloody right. and, and wet. And yeah. this game yeah. is much more. Uh, and this is getting back to what I was saying like, both art design wise, mechanically, this game is building on like 
FromSoft's entire catalog, starting with Demon Souls. And there's even like reused bosses. Like, aren't the the Erd Tree Guardians just the um they're a boss from Dark Souls. I can't remember which one. Um oh, reskinned. Yeah. One of the um Oh, the Crucible Knights? Is that what you're talking about? Like the The ones who are guarding each Erd Tree. Those, those oh, minor, oh yeah 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 those, those are supposed to be recent yeah i i the, but I they're, and they're not the right. only one like you'll see like moves repeated and also you'll you'll get like the whirly gig saw from bloodborne in this like yeah weapons and and it's it's the sort of thing where like okay so this game took five years to make i don't know how mm-hmm. long um something like that but in reality they got like a running head start from like the last 15 years of their yeah. game development because yeah you just get to pull and learn all your lessons from like games you've already finished and shipped which that's that's part of why this game is like so momentous because that's a very rare situation to be able to pull from. Yeah. Like if you're developing a big AAA game from scratch, you only have five years to do it every, like do it all from start to finish. Whereas like Elden Ring gets to pull from wealths of knowledge yeah. and, and design yeah. that has been proven and worked. Yeah, like they, they took all the best parts of Sekiro. And brought back none of the bad parts of Sekiro. Like, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like, Sekiro was such a fun game to play in your hands. Uh, it, it, well, once you got through the hump of understanding the combat. Se- Sekiro, it, yeah. I love. Yeah. And I have probably the most criticism out of any game, even though it's, like, one of my favorites. Like, mm-hmm. the, the amount of boss fights that require you use uh, an item that you only mm-hmm. have, like, five of to beat mm-hmm. a boss is fucking awful to me that's yeah. there's nothing like i don't mind dying a lot in a hard game especially a souls game but like if i die three times and then i have to go spend an hour buying more supplies right just so i can fight again like fuck that yeah <laughs> also like For it sure. has that problem of like you know you like the other souls games have builds so you can approach uh certain encounters differently like sekiro has well, one one way to beat in anything but let me tell you because of that sekiro was the first souls game i was ever able to beat right right because when i would i tried bloodborne i would ship away at bloodborne over the course of years and Mm -hmm. we talked about that like i would beat like one boss and then get stuck and then not play for five months and then pick it up again and like that's literally how i beat bloodborne and sekiro though i i was able to get through it all because there was never any question of did i pick the wrong build do i need to go level up no i can beat this boss right now it's designed so i can beat them if i just keep trying so like that helped a lot and then now that i've played the other ones i totally get what people mean where it's like that's the hardest because you can't just cheese it like (laughs) yeah i i also heard that criticism going around with elden ring too which i i kind of wanted to like you know mention like you know if you're playing a souls game period um you uh you can actually beat any boss at any level. Like you you can do it. Like mm-hmm. you you never have to wonder, do I need to go <laughs> am yeah. I am I too underpowered to be here? You can be anywhere, really. I it mean, just there depends are people... on how much you want to die. Yeah. But yeah. Elden Ring improves on that. There's like two huge things where like Elden Ring, if you're ever stuck, there's nine hundred other things to go do instead. Yeah. So yeah. it's a way more inviting version of their formula. And also, I think I'm starting to take it for granted now, but now that I've gone back to Demon's Souls, uh, fuck this, but the boss runs where you have to, like, yeah. die and then run, like, past the swarms of enemies to get back to the door. <laughs> Thank God oh for gosh. a stake of America. My yeah. friend who had never played any of the other, any of the other games was playing uh, Elden Ring and was complaining about the Ranala fight because that's one of the only ones where you right. do have that boss run. And they were like, why the fuck did they do that? I'm like, 
you have no idea <laughs> you how good no you are. Spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember sure. just like timing it in Dark Souls. There's the one where you have to like, uh, you go jump into the abyss. And I timed it and it was like two minutes and 16 seconds uh, from the save point to the boss. Oh, and it was like, I'm uh, about to I'm about to play Dark Souls one for oh, the first time here coming up. And you're going to love it, man. It's, it's so yeah. But it's I'm so dreading good. I'm dreading a little some of that quality of life stuff. That's right why there. I played it before Elden Ring came out. Yeah. I had a feeling if I went the other way, I would have a little bit of a, a harder let me, time. Let me let me jump in as someone who can we jump to the part where we talk about the postpartum? Yes. Uh, OK, <laughs> so I after I beat Elden Ring. I didn't play a video game for two days and was like, what do I do with my life? I was unemployed <laughs> and I like truly had like no meaning. And then I was like, oh, I'll try playing Metroid Dread. Uh, and then I started playing that, played it for a few hours. I was like, this game's great. No. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, I have Doom Eternal on my new Xbox just sitting on Game Pass. I'll try that. I've wanted to play that for a few years. No, couldn't do it. <laughs> so for like a week, I kept starting games and quitting and then one night at like 10 p.m. and I go to sleep at like 11, I was like, I saw Dark Souls sitting on my Switch. And I was like, I was like, I shouldn't. And then <laughs> I started playing it. And then I like, I played it for the next two weeks and it was like the best. And I like, wow. you're right in your, in your suspicion that like those things are horrible, especially post Elden Ring. But it was also like the thing where I realized like after Elden Ring, it was like, all I wanted was more Elden Ring. Yeah. And I, I I thought I didn't. I thought I wanted something else. But in fact, like the only thing that could like feed my soul was more from software. And, yeah. and I love Dark Souls so much. I like Jeremy, you're in for such a treat. It's, it's like, really special. I'm excited. It's yeah. so I, I, I am excited to play it. Um, I, a little bit about my post postpartum since we're sharing postpartums. <laughs> I uh, beat Elden Ring. Um, I had realized like I was so invested in it that i like couldn't go to dinner with like friends and like be like really invested in what was going on it was so bad and to this day it's been maybe about a month since i since i beat elden ring um to this day i can't play a game that isn't sonic the hedgehog 2 that's the only game i want i i i can actually sit and play for any amount of time because I don't know what it is. I think it's the familiarity of it because it is just like playing like a Sudoku puzzle or something. I mean, that's I'm me just playing like, Donkey Kong games. Yeah, just yeah. I popped in Tropical Freeze recently. <laughs> same kind oh, of vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's the same vibe of just like, I Com don't want anything. Food. I don't want anything to even try to be like Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I, I want to play something that just like, where I'm not almost not even playing it. I can play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 three times in a row in one sitting just no problem because it's like it's in my bones you know it's like super mario world or something so it's like it's a comfort food game that's that's me a, with, yeah tropical yeah, freeze it, is the same thing for me i play it when i don't know what to play <laughs> yeah mind wipe it's and it's something i can play late or early it doesn't really matter it's just it's just like yeah it's just comfort food alec what about you any postpartum <laughs> well what's here's this is so fucking funny to admit but i had no interest in getting a new generation console at all didn't didn't even register as something I should be doing or worrying about. But partway through Elden Ring, I was getting so sick of the load times on PS4, and a friend told me that the load times on PS5 were like two seconds. Yeah. So fast. I bought a PS5. Yeah. Nice. And I got lucky. It was so fun. I had never tried because I heard it was impossible to get. And I, as soon as I decided I wanted one, I got one within two days. Which that's nice. good for me. you, buddy. Good for good me. Awesome. I got yeah, I got yeah. very lucky. Um, 
But you're also buying that. it two years after its release, so that's true. But people are—I don't know—they they've still announced. They just announced that they won't meet demand for the end of the rest of the year. Like that's like, terrible. Yeah. Wow, we truly live in a yeah, wow. unprecedented time. Okay, uh, Alec, keep going though. I want to hear more about this <laughs> PS5. Yeah, so I mean, I got—I had a new console and I had a new wealth of games I could play. Um, yeah. So I, I bought like Demon Souls, the the remaster. Incredible. Um, Incredible. I, it's great. But I, I had this weird thing where I, I thought I wanted more Elden Ring stuff. I was like, I, I, when, while I was playing Elden Ring, I'm like, I can't wait to replay Sekiro. Like, I've never mm. played Dark Souls 3. I can't wait to play that. Yeah. Um, Demon Souls is too far regressed for me right now. Mm. I got I played, I played like, I don't know, the separate level worlds and... Right. Um, and just little little things about it. Have you were... played Latria yet? No. The prison? Uh-uh. In, in demon souls oh man i didn't go very far well i i think what it is is i love it i want to play it i just i just need to do it later i need later. to like yeah, yeah. yeah i need to get to it when i'm more in the mood yeah Jeremy, i'm not gonna you, force it yeah. yeah have you seen the 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 demon souls ps3 version of latria the prison yeah i have i have demon souls on ps3 oh it cracks yeah. me up how i'm just like oh this is so hard because every room looks exactly the exactly same. the same and you could yeah. never fucking uh. know anything but latria is actually better in the ps3 version because of that that song there's a woman who's singing in in a level and mm. they they rewrote the song and made it like an actual song in the remake huh. but in the original it's just like she's humming the same two bars like over and oh, over Ooh, and cool. it's like so much more atmospheric and oh interesting and Cool. Well, I'll tell you this. You can tell while playing this that it's a PS3 game, um, <laughs> but it looks like the prettiest game I've ever seen, Yeah, yeah. which yeah. gives me the same feeling of it is not a good feeling that I got while playing the Crash Bandicoot remaster, Ooh. where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this, this is so clunky, but it looks gorgeous. And those... Do, those don't line up like that's so funny clunky needs a little bit of uh worse graphical fidelity to feel yeah that's so funny yeah, so I, it's like, uh, yeah i don't know Something I, I, had a, I had a good ass time with that demon souls uh remake yeah, there is a lot of quality of life stuff they did change but i but yeah i mean it's it's not a it's it's an early ps3 game too it's not yeah. even like a late gen it's like it was like one of the first big games to come out to yeah god the crash bandicoot trilogy release when that came out it was so funny to me because i was like i love crash and yeah. then i got it and i was like oh i hate crash same, same dude <laughs> well no so part of it part of it was i never liked crash oh, and, I, okay. and Uno, but then i was like i've been wrong i know everyone <laughs> loves crash i bet it's so much fun it looks yeah. fun and i played like an hour of it i was like all right I'm out. You know what doesn't have that effect though is the Spyro re-releases. Those are actually Mm. honking good. Um, Those games always should have looked like that. What about the medieval re-release? Ooh, good question. No idea. I'm actually really psyched about these Klonoa re-releases. Yeah, that's sick. I've never got to play those. Yeah, especially two. Two is like four hundred dollars on eBay for PS2. So I'm excited that I don't have to mess with that. well, look, guys, I mean, this has been such a delightful conversation about Elden Ring. I'm so excited that we got a chance to sit around and do this. Is there anything else about the game that we wanted to like bring up quickly or just like even mention before we go? Like, Who's the hottest character? That's a good question. Let's see. I would go with Blythe, that big <laughs> wolf. He's also one of my favorite characters. I didn't talk about him a lot, but that wolf, yeah, he's he great. He's he's a right. hunk. Good he's guy. super tall. I like I love that. But then he's also super loyal, and his story is really tragic. 
He fucks good. He fucks good. He, I barely yeah, did any nice. of his quests. I barely know that guy. It's you, so if funny. you did the Ronnie ending, you did his quest. I mean, pretty much. But That's... I did it by accident without his involvement. Like, right. He he mm. never was there for any of the. Like, I found out later, like all of that stuff was supposed to be the same thing with me. me. Yeah. Oh, and then, really? I, then he then he shows up again at the end outside of her or outside of her tower, and I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, cool. we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> oh sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the dialogue didn't account for when you weren't involved with something like yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah <laughs> that, oh yeah that's interesting which yeah. is fine yeah it's i yeah. i never it's not a knock it's just funny. No. like it's uh, like, very hard to account for all that stuff like, right i'm sure it's a programming nightmare the first time i met blyde was at the radon festival i'm like who's this guy <laughs> oh i don't know the first time i met blyde but i, I knew him by then <laughs> I knew I knew him. Um I knew him well. Um I also liked uh Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of characters that are like way under um like I would love more from. Like for example, I don't understand D and his whole thing. Oh, uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah, and his brother and I'm like I think this is nothing. No, no, <laughs> no. There's, there's there's a lot. It's it's all I I I didn't dig deep enough, but I've heard people talking about it, and it's like a surprisingly intricate rich thing. Lore. Yeah, yeah, because I know Fia's thing takes off from there pretty big. Yeah, they they stand off, um, but I only did the Fia side of that, so I don't fully know. I don't remember who D is. D he's, is that guy who has his hold. twin armor set that, like, where there's like another head sticking out of the chest plate. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you can like, and he dies pretty quick if you give him the thing to do anyway uh or like the who's the guy the reeds guy that's in your like he's like a samurai and he's oh, i in, love that guy yeah yeah yeah. but then he disappears from the hub and then where does he go what happens with him his body gets taken over at one point i think i'm thinking of the right guy mm. see the guy who's like proud when you killed the dragon the yeah guy? yeah well that's that's who i'm thinking of jeremy might be thinking of somebody else i'm thinking of the guy who's like I lost my servant. Where's my servant? Like you can find, can you find my servant? Oh, that's a me? different guy. I think maybe I can't, I can't remember. Who's, who's the woman at the hub? Who's like, I just need a moment. I need to, I need to. Like she's like talking about her. her it's her father as a whole. Oh, thing. that's uh, she's great. That's um, oh, I can't remember uh, her name, but she's uh, I like that her, voice actor. She's got a crazy story. Her dad, she keeps talking about, is Offnir or whatever. The guy. Oh, uh, you're talking about Nephili. Nephli. Yeah. Nephli, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nephli, yeah. Oh, Gideon. Gideon is one of my favorite characters. I don't know why I love him so much, but like, yeah, just just he's, the fact that you yeah. fight him at the end too, and like, and he's so easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gideon. Uh, that's like his. So he's her adopted father. Yep. Gotcha. But then you find out super late in the game, her name's like Nephli Lou. Yeah. So and she's her related real, to Hora Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Hora Lou Godfrey is her actual mm-hmm. family. Probably her dad <laughs> yeah that's I, I kind of assumed wow. dad but i'm not yeah. sure interesting um there's also a whole bunch of stuff with the albanorix that i think i have no idea about that did you yeah. ever you never did that no no no. i i, I definitely oh, yeah. like, got the the half of the crest from right. the guy pretending to be a tree or whatever but i don't know what they are did you ever give um you know the, the girl with the wolf um i i fucked that up yeah so if you if you take the, i think maybe just the medallion to her she'll like She'll. She's how you're supposed to find out about the the secret lift and the 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 second lift. Um, Got it. Because she'll like tell you a little bit more about it, and then die, and she'll become a summon that you're supposed to take there. 
Yeah, like because f- yeah. then you take it to the big lady, yeah. and the big lady's in my game just sleeping forever. I don't know what she, I didn't know what she did, and she scared me. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, finding her scared me. I was like, this lady's way big. Which um, big lady? She's in the in the snowy field, like the snow area that's not consecrated snowfield. Consecrated snowfield. Yeah. She's up in the far northwest of that, past the big um, walking uh, ma- mausoleum that shoots at you. Oh, hmm. and there's like a church up there, and there's this like big woman, like a super tall, like unnaturally tall woman who's like sleeping there, and that's where you're supposed to take the summon. And like, so she's like six foot two, or what are you? Yeah, she's like six two, six one. Six. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this. I, I might have skipped yeah. this. Yeah. And uh, that's so you use her summon, uh, the summon of that lady with the wolf there, yeah. and she appears and does something with the lady, and then that gives you an item. Like okay. a pretty cool something. Oh, El- it gives you a um, an ancient dragon smithing stone, like the the max oh, som- one. somber ancient, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the uh, just the art design on the old finger reader crones. I think they're really cool looking. Where they the oh, legs jump out? Yeah, yeah. they look cool. And there's no more to them, right? They just kind of talk cryptically. There's they they're like hints. That's it. They just tell you where to go, and they they serve yeah. their golden order. Um, they serve they serve the two fingers pretty pretty mm. loyally. But but there's no like um, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for them. here. But like, like backstory so I, or something, at some yeah. point I realized like every time they talked to me, I already knew what they were telling me. Like it was well, information I already had. That's not everyone's case. They'll often give you like one of the ones I talked to gave me the hint to climb up the the Altus Plateau through the the other what do you call it through the like mine shaft sort of. Oh uh, right, yeah. Like that was yeah. that was a clear hint from one of them. Also, they they lived for. They they very clearly say they've lived for like hundreds of years, so they're gonna live longer than you. Mm. Um, I don't fully know what all that means, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's also like a lot of stuff that's really interesting to me about the crucible that I don't quite understand, like mm. the original tree that was there that like every all life <laughs> yeah. came from or whatever. And there's like all these characters and hints of that throughout that seem pretty cool. Maybe uh some DLC stuff. Anyway, guys, let's close her out. Let's close uh, her out. This has been a good time. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, yeah, uh, if you if you're looking for a more comprehensive, like exhaustive uh, beat by beat of Elden Ring, there's so much stuff out there for you to look look for. Like this is this has been a pretty freewheeling conversation about the game in general. I think we covered a ton of stuff, but I mean, like, yeah, we're we're not Vati Vidya, so. Uh, I would ch- I would check out lore videos because that's what I do. I, li- I love them. Um, <laughs> this or has been just, more like know. jazz, I'd say. This has been like yeah. a jazz approach. This is yeah. a jazz lore video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jacques Maladou, thank you so much. Where can people find you? What do you want people to know? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jacques Ness Monster. Um, yeah. Uh, watch the finale of season two of iCarly. If you like Elden Ring... <laughs> <laughs> watch season two of iCarly perfect yeah yeah uh alec robbins where can people find you what do you want people to know i'm on twitter at alec robbins um and i've got if, if you're interested at all my the hardcover collection of my comic mr boop comes out via silver sprocket um on may 25th uh, and awesome. you know what honestly i think you can kind of get it 
earlier than that. I think a lot of places have just been shipping it out early, <laughs> but that's the official release date. Please feel free to read it. You can also read Mr. Group, my new comic on Twitter. Boom. Uh, definitely check those things out. You can also follow, uh, I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime and you can follow the, um, the show, uh, of which this one is called Call Me By Your Game. I have to remember that, uh, on Twitter at <laughs> Call Me By Your Game, but it's one Y. So it's Call Me By Our Game. Was that a typo <laughs> or is that because the other one was taken? I don't know but i i can tell you that by looking at it it looks better than if it was too wise there <laughs> disagree <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you can follow uh the show there uh where you can get I wish, updates on i yeah. wish i had known about this before i agreed to do this episode <laughs> yeah jeremy you're gonna have to scrub our audio can i actually episode? be honest yeah. i also wish i knew about this before i started the episode um uh, yes, uh, normally this show is hosted by Connor McCabe, and you can follow him on Twitter at Connor underscore McCabe. Um, but this show is connected to a Patreon, patreon.com slash radio. We have a ton of bonus content uh, on that Patreon that covers a, a wide swath of gaming and gaming-related topics, um, including our Metal Gear Solid Games Club, which we are wrapping up very, very soon. We have done every game in the series and uh, we will be closing it out with Metal Gear Solid V, um, which is going to be a double header of that uh, Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain sort of rolled into one. Um, anyways, folks, we love you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you. Well, well, you'll never hear us talk about this again, but, you know, maybe something else later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Champions, welcome. The stars of aligned. The festival is nigh! General Radan, mightiest demigod of the Shattering, awaits you! Champions, prepare for battle! Defeat the General, claim glory, and grab that great rune! A celebration of war! The Radan Festival! Are you good and prepared, young chum? The festival begins.